I'd like to uh, send everything over to Miss Rhonda Burnett, who has a very important message for our listeners. Thank you, Brad. Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world, and we will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind. That word should have a new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We are fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day the world declared in one voice, we will not go silently into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We are going to live on. We are going to survive. People, Today, we celebrate the Woke But Sleepy Podcast. America. America. (laughs) What's more American than summer blockbusters? Uh, That is where we're at right now. It is July. People are barbecuing. I can smell it now in the air. Mm. The fireworks will be going off. The cold beers in hand. Yes. The beach bodies, the fun times, the childhood memories being made. But nothing declares childhood memories more than, in my opinion, summer blockbusters. A good summer blockbuster is important. Uh, What was your first summer blockbuster that you ever watched? Do you remember your very first big summer blockbuster as a kid? Pirates of the Caribbean. How old were you? Seven, and you went to the theater, and this was like the because I know that you had told me that you're like the big midnight showing girl. You got into that as you got older. Well, I was young. I I don't quite know my age. I was either six or seven at the time. It was summer, um, and it was the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Wow, Curse of the Black Pearl. That's amazing. Yeah. What What was the first? summer blockbuster that you went to as like a teenager the one that you went that you were really looking forward to like you and your friends like that independence movie that you went to go see like that one that it was just you and your friends you know honestly i i can't remember uh because we went to see a lot of like the twilight films but those weren't summer blockbusters no they weren't uh those were released like during the school year so the first summer blockbuster I think I can remember is as an adult that you got into, yeah. Would be like Fast and Furious movies. Okay, rock on. Those come out at like the start of the summer. Right. No, rock on. No. And yeah. and, and I think the Fast and the Furious movies really define the summer blockbuster. Yeah. They're over the top. They're yes. put away your brain and just eat some popcorn and get fat and in- <laughs> Enjoy the movie, you know, buckle up, literally, in regards to Fast and the Furious. Do they wear seatbelts? I don't think I ever recall a Fast and the Furious movie. I don't think I've... You know, I haven't really noticed seatbelts, and I'm sure they're there. It's it's not something I've paid... I'll pay attention to it, though. I mean, I'm sure they wear seatbelts when they film, but I don't think in any of the shots they ever have seatbelts on. I don't recall, like, a strap over Dominic Toretto. There's definitely not. 
Okay, cool. That's what I want to make sure. Like, I'm sure they wear seatbelts. Now, now some, some do, because there's some scenes where they unbuckle their seatbelts and, like, crawl up the roof of the car while it's moving. Yeah, I, I think that's, like, for cinematic purposes. But I think in the car chase, like, the action stuff, I don't ever recall them wearing seatbelts. So they don't really buckle up. Well, that's true. But they, yet they tell us really to. I about that. Yeah, no, I, I didn't think about ticket, it either. Dominic Toretto. <laughs> it just hit me just now. Wow, literally, that's going to be our whole podcast now. Do they wear seatbelts <laughs> in Fast and the Furious? <laughs> But I guess it's time for us to buckle up as we go into um, Blockbuster Month. Um, I think Blockbusters are just such an important part of cinema. And I love, like, I look forward to these. Literally, this is my Christmas. That's when they release all the really good movies that have just been stewing the whole year. Right. It's not the Oscar winners. It's not the art house films. It is literally just the fun movies that everyone looks forward to uh, even the art house people, you know, everyone gets into these films. And I think I, I love blockbusters and I think uh, with how everything fell and we were choosing these movies, like we went through a whole list of which yeah, there blockbusters. so many, but I think the one we chose fits kind of what today is independence day. Independence day is such a classic movie. It was actually released July 3rd. 1996. And I was working at Carmine Cinema in Waco, Texas when it debuted. And this was Will Smith's first. Now, he had done a couple of other movies. He had done movies. a couple before, but I think right. this was like a real pinnacle right. movie for I, him. And I recall watching him in Six Degrees of Separation, by the way, if you haven't seen that. It's before have. he was a big, Oh, it's a great film. Very powerful. Uh, but this was his first action Hollywood blockbuster, like big time. And I think it was... It, it, it was... Such an awesome movie. Oh, he was so good. I mean, he's good in in all of his movies. Let's right. not lie about that. But this one, he was he was a, a, a young Will Smith, and young Will Smith be looking good. <laughs> young Will Smith, straight off of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, was still on the air. At it this was, point. Yeah. yeah. So this was crazy that we got to see him, and I remember every scene he killed in. Now, and the chemistry between him. And Harry Connick Jr., his uh, wingman, mm-hmm. I, to this day, I still quote, it's, it's time to, uh, what is it, kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. I love <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. I think, I cared more about him dying than when Goose died in Top Gun. Like, Harry Connick Jr. hit me a lot harder. Yeah, that was a hard one. Oh, it was just such a right good movie. Heart. And what was really cool about doing a podcast like this episode, this particular episode, we don't have to get into spoilers because these are summer blockbusters. And this is a summer blockbuster from like the 90s. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't seen it, you're just not going to watch it. And it's going to be spoiled for you anyway. I mean, it's definitely a movie you need to watch. Uh, the. The director, uh, Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich. Oh, he yes. does some great films. If y'all haven't heard of his films, he does like, he did The Day After Tomorrow. He did 2012, uh, The White House Down. Oh, we're such good movies. And of course, he did like the, the sequel to Independence Day, but I don't think anyone watched that. Well, you know, that's where we want to, that's where we can get into a little bit of a debate. Um. <clears throat> How you felt about John Hughes uh, in regards to she's having a baby, that's kind of how I feel about Roland Emmerich. I love Roland Emmerich, but I can't say that everything he does is gold. Because he also did Godzilla, like the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. That's a good movie. Uh, 
I like a lot of Roland Emmerich. These are like my kind of films. And ladies and gentlemen, I like to say this is our very last last podcast that we will ever be doing together. It's been a pleasure <laughs> working with Rhonda here, but I just don't know. I hated Godzilla so much. Like that was just All not. Right. It was just not a good movie, and it was so far from the Godzilla that I was expecting. Uh, the only thing that good that came out of that was there was a uh, "You are a big fan of Taco Bell." Hundred percent. I know you love There's Taco no Bell. Um, people have reached out to me. They're like, "I love when you do get personal. I love when you do like share personal stories." Rhonda loves Taco Bell, and she doesn't use any of the taco sauces. I do. I like mild. You like mild? I do like mild. Okay, because I remember I brought you time. You're like, I really don't use it. It depends on what you get, Ben, right? It depends on what I get. I've started using it a whole lot more recently. Oh, awesome. Oh, thank God you finally had some flavor in your oh, life. God. I was tired of being the only flavor in your life. So, <laughs> I love the fact that she totally rolled her eyes and smirked at that. Um, but there was a series of Taco Bell commercials around the time that Godzilla came out. There was a little chihuahua. Do you remember Taco, Taco Bell? Bell? Yes. I had a little stuffed animal of him when I was young. Did you really? And he pushed its belly. All it said was, Te quiero, Taco Bell. Do you remember the, the Godzilla commercial that was connected to the Taco Bell one? I don't. It was so cute. It was Godzilla in the background going to a Taco Bell. And there was Dinky. The dog's name was Dinky. And he's looking up and he goes, hello, laser, laser, laser. <laughs> it was... That's my friends and I quoted that forever. He goes, here, laser, laser, laser. Like, he's going to take down Godzilla. <laughs> and it was, like, the funniest thing in the world. I'm Latino, dog. people. It wasn't problematic. It was hilarious. That dog was so funny. I love that I, little I, dog. Seriously, they should have continued with that little man. I, I need Dinky back. Right. Like, he's, he's After he's he passed awesome. away, they should have brought in another one. Oh, yeah. Like, like he was, like, the Spuds McKenzie of the oh, 90s. He's so cute. I loved him. I think that um, Roland Emmerich is a great director. Like you mentioned, 2012, you know, John Cusack, favorite actor over here. John Cusack is my favorite actor. And 2012 was one of my favorite movies. I love that film. Uh, I can still watch it now, what, 11 years later? (laughs) uh, Spoiler alert, it's about the end of the world, but it's just a movie, so it didn't happen. Uh, We're still here in 2023. (laughs) Uh, so, but yeah, Roland Emmerich has done some great films. Yeah, I'll, I think this movie, all in all, did really well in the box office. It grossed like eight hundred million, a little over eight hundred million, and that's nineties money. Yeah, which is like forty trillion dollars. Like if you look money. at if someone looks at it and they're like eight hundred million, that's not a lot back then. Yeah, it yeah, was. 90s money is a whole different form of currency, yeah. you know, like <laughs> inflation. <laughs> inflation. So, um, but no, I I remember the whole campaign leading up to the Independence Day movie. Uh, the alternative title was ID4. It was on the posters. Do you have, have you ever heard anyone refer to it as ID4? No. That's what we called it when it first came out. We called it ID4. Hey, you gonna go watch ID4? Yeah. And because Independence Day, July 4th. And it was actually in the background of the poster. But that title has since, like, dissipated. Yeah, it's no longer a thing. When they made Independence Day 2, it wasn't ID4. They didn't even put ID4 back in. I was like, okay, I guess that was just, like, a thing. But leading up to the whole movie, I recall, uh, I remember the, the trailer for it. It was July 2nd. They arrive and have like the clips that's in the movie with mm-hmm. the with the UFOs flying overhead, the giant motherships, and 
like Earth being surrounded and going over, of course, all the landmarks. And uh, uh, we'll get into more about the special effects later. But and then it and then it faded to black, and then you saw July third. They attack. And that's where you see that big shot of that big missile coming up, that big laser beam destroying the White House. Yeah. Prolific scene. And then, because if you see the world decimated, goes to black. July 4th, we reclaim our independence. And then that speech plays in the trailer, which I don't think should have been. No, that was a really prolific speech. But the speech is so powerful, even though we had heard so much of it in the trailer, there were people just as hyped hearing it again in the movie. You cannot help, that speech is so well written. You cannot help but to just feel that passion. Bill Pullman, amazing actor. Uh, I believe we lost him just recently, a couple years ago. Just wonderful actor. So much passion in that part. And I honestly feel that he had so much to give. And that performance was remarkable. Great. And he, he, he's, he is my favorite movie president of all time. I don't think another movie president has come mm-hmm. close. Can you name a more prolific movie president? I can't because I'm not good with actors. <laughs> actors names. I mean, there was Harrison Ford in Passenger. Uh, what was that one? Air Force One. He was the president. Uh, White House down. Don't even know who the president was in that one. Neither do I. I mean, uh, there. Oh, what's that TV show that's on Netflix? West Wing. Uh, um, no, not West Wing. It's not House of Cards either. Is it the one with the guy that's on Netflix? It's the one where, <laughs> like everyone else. Uh, gets killed in, like, an explosion, and he's, like, the last chair in succession to ever get the presidency. Oh, Everyone else would have had to die before him, before he... He's, he was, like, the the secretary of, like, interior. It was called was Benson. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Benson was a TV show back in the 80s. <laughs> but yeah, he was, like, the very last person that would have ever been chosen to be a president... In case everyone is died. it like a comedy or a drama it's or like what a is drama? It? Really? And he was uh, designated survivor. Is what it was called. Ow! Sorry. <laughs> she punched me. Like <laughs> designated survivor is what it's called on Netflix, and it's like he was left behind while everyone was having this big speech conference at the Capitol. Right. Um, and there's one lone. There's one like designated survivor left behind in case something crazy happens right. and he was chosen for that day well something crazy happened capital was bombed everyone died he was immediately appointed president oh wow well he was a libertarian oh wow and it was a completely different views from what the current president was holding okay and so he was immediately thrown into the presidency wow and so it was like him you know navigating how to in- Incorporate his views in two different houses, Democratic and Republican, who don't understand anything that he's going on about. But it, he like brings people together, even though they're of different. There's no ways. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I think I like him. We should do like a parody of that show where like everyone gets killed and then you become president and you were like the intern to like the Secretary of State. 
And you're like the last one left because you were there. You become president. And Only then, been working at the White House for like three months. Yeah, tops. You don't even have your own phone. <laughs> and then you, like the janitor, played by me, can come in. <laughs> and one of our first initiations, and one of our first decrees to the nation is bringing back the Taco Bell dog. Like, I'd like I'd watch that. I, I would do. Okay. I think we're getting off topic. We're completely okay. way off topic we're from super oh. off topic. Okay. <laughs> so here we are. Independence day. <laughs> Fun fact. Did you know this script only took four weeks to write? Oh, wow. Start yeah. I, I actually did know that. And I feel like Roland is a much better writer. Roland, if you ever hear this buddy, I think the world of you, I really do. But the stuff that you rush out like that has so much heart and passion. I think some of the stuff that he's done that he's taken more time with, I feel like he overthinks it. Mm. Independence Day was just so raw. And yes, there are flaws in it out the wazoo, but I think the stuff that is more constructed and he tries to make sense of is not a summer blockbustery. Like no one questions Dominic Toretto driving his car off a satellite, becoming a meteor Mm -hmm. and still surviving. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. no one questions that. When Roland is allowed to have that freedom of we're going to blow up the world for this movie. And he's like, I can write that. The level of confidence and passion that goes into the scripts is is just remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. I can definitely agree with that. Oh, it was such a good film. Uh, so Jeff Goldblum is in that film. Love yeah. him, by the way. A younger Jeff Goldblum. You're right. I think he, he played his part. Beautifully. I mean, when we say younger Jeff Goldblum, we're not saying like the fly from the seventies. Like this is not middle age, middle age. Okay, middle age Jeff Goldblum. Right. Younger than he is now. Right. <laughs> He's not Earth Girls Are Easy. You don't even know that movie, do you? I he was in that. Heard of that movie. Oh my goodness! I will not put it on our podcast <laughs> list, but trust me, he was in that. So, good old Jeff Goldblum. Fun fact: He's in our next podcast episode that we're going to be talking about. Uh, but Jeff Goldblum's all of his lines, well, not all of his lines, the majority of his lines, mm-hmm. improvised. I believe that. Talk they about were a great giving actor. Jeff, they were giving him a lot of leeway around the '90s. He's really like he was kind of coming into a. He's just really good at his craft. He was coming into a Jeff Goldblum renaissance around that time. I think like now it's just full on embrace. People love Jeff Goldblum. Oh yeah. Like he can do commercials. He could. Jeff do, Goldblum can do no wrong. Absolutely not. Yeah. And I think that and I think we owe it to the, the '90s Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. that set that standard of what we want out of present day Jeff Goldblum. Uh, fun fact about Jeff Goldblum: uh, the reason why he was so in to me I stuttered really bad growing up mm-hmm. I didn't learn how to talk till I was 18 and I haven't shut up since I can vouch <laughs> wow but Jeff Goldblum he stuttered mm-hmm. and that's his whole thing how he talks it's his own speech impediment and when I had learned that uh, it made me feel so good that he was such an accomplished wonderful actor that he was capable of doing that even with a speech impediment. I love that. Like, it just, you know, it was him and John Stossel from 2020. They were my influences in regards to my own speech impediment that I was fighting. So it's pretty awesome. I love Jeff. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite scene in the movie? Um, besides the strip club? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> Vivica A. Fox. I'm sorry. She was so hot back then. Uh, still is. Beautiful woman. Uh, it was Vivica A. Fox now, but I think she was credited as Vivica Fox at the time uh, because of a, another actress named Vivica Fox. That was a Models, Inc. 
I followed this pretty religiously even back then. I can tell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like the look of Fox. Um, wow. Uh, there's a lot of great scenes besides the speech that's... I can tell you mine. What was yours? Uh, Will Smith walking through the desert pulling the alien in his parachute. Just that entire scene. Where, where he, the entire where, commentary. Where he gets mad. Yes. He goes in there and just starts kicking the crap out of it. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy that scene a lot. It's supposed uh, to be my day off. I'm supposed to be barbecuing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that whole scene's pretty, pretty great. Um, I think the only scene I got a little bored in was when we go to Area 51. I didn't mind it, but it, it, in comparison to all the stuff we've seen, it was kind of a dead part of the movie. Like It, it wasn't... Uh, Brent Spiner is a great actor. I thought he was wonderful in that film. Uh, he's the only reason why I want to watch the second one because they killed him in that movie. Yep. So I don't know how he's back in the second one. I haven't seen the second one. And that's probably the only reason why I want to watch it. I'm like, how did they get him back in it? Um, but I generally really like the whole movie, like all the way around. Oh, no, I got my part. Jeff Goldblum and his ex-wife. Literally, I love the I love his dad. Yes, his dad played by the talented Judd Hirsch, uh, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Uh, he came from a lot of those. Taxi was really good, but the one that I remember from was an eighty sitcom called Dear John. He was fantastic in that. Played a divorcee. Um, I know way too much television. <laughs> Um, Rhonda has her notes and I took she when we were going over this podcast she was like are you going to take notes I was like I know everything about this movie I don't have to know any notes at all and here I am just spilling all my stuff and she's like wow okay so I have nothing on this one this is all top of my head but I think every scene with his dad and him really touches my heart mm-hmm. and then the scene where the ex-wife and um Jeff Goldblum characters start working on their relationship. I love those scenes. I I, I love all those scenes yeah. because he figured out the code. Mm-hmm. It was a countdown. He he saved everyone. He was a true hero. Say what you want to about Will Smith. He, he was he was the hero that saved everyone yeah. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. He was remarkable in that film. I I, I genuinely loved him. Going back to Area Fifty One. You want another fun fact? I would love to hear a fun fact. Uh, originally, when like the film first started, the U.S. military was supposed to be involved, right? Helping them with like accuracy of weapons, vehicles, uniforms, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. They had a stipulation: they could not mention Area Fifty One. Like we don't know it's the there, movie, but right? we knew it was there forever. Exactly. Right. And so when the director was like, "Nah, forget that noise." We're not going to do that. So the military dipped. Wow. And they're like, never mind. Wow. Yeah, I, I, that I did not All know. of that just to get that boring Area 51 scene. And if we, <laughs> the part that I didn't like about the whole movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I can do without the, the real military. But I, I overall love the movie. It, it's probably one of my favorite films of all time. I love that. I love Con Air. I have a lot of stuff. Summer Blockbuster will never be boring on this podcast, people. I promise you. If we, if we ever quit doing the podcast, we will always come back to the Summer Blockbusters because I could go on and on forever about these movies. Um, let's keep it on course. Uh, today is the 4th of July. We have a lot of plans to do today. 
but let's talk about that. It's July 2nd. The aliens have arrived in our life, mm-hmm. in our lifetime. Okay, first and foremost, do you believe in aliens? I do. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a UFO? No. No? But I did, like, when I was younger, I was probably, like, 13, we went out to West Texas, mm-hmm. and in West Texas, they have the Marfa Lights. Yes. I saw the Marfa Lights. What is the Marfa Lights? So it's, like, so West, it's all desert out there, desert and mountains, mm-hmm. and it they're apparently unknown lights. Wow. That pop up over the mountains. See, I've heard of it. Like I've like I've seen it pop up. Like I've seen stuff about it, but I don't think I ever paid attention. I don't believe that that's real. Okay. That aspect because it happens every single night. I can say that I have had. And I'm not going to say it's a UFO, but I will say that I've had one very odd experience in regards to something like that, and it was covered on the news that same night. It was circa 2007, mm-hmm. and I'm, I was working in the prison. I was driving back from the prison, and I it was out in Gatesville, and I was driving and around McGregor, the McGregor-Crawford area. There's like this kind of like series of hills. At the time, I haven't been out there in years, so who knows if it's still there or not. But I'm driving. I was on the phone with my then-girlfriend, and, dri- and I'm driving back. This is back when you had to call at night to get free cell phone calls. Yep. So I was calling after nine. after nine. So I was calling eleven as I'm way home, and I said, "Is there like a baseball field or something out here?" And she was like, "What are you talking about?" She had worked at the prison too, mm-hmm. and she was like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "There's like a football stadium or something with all the lights on." Didn't think anything of it. We're on the phone, and then I got closer, and I realized that the lights were right over that little cliff area. So I pull up. So literally I get there and I realize I start freaking out on the phone. And of course, what comes out of my mouth? It's a UFO. It's a UFO. (laughs) And she probably thinks uh, you've been drinking today. No, no. She was totally into it. But this is like the flip phones before cameras. I'm on a flip phone and I'm like, hold on. And I pull the car over. I don't drive past it. I pull over because I need to get a closer look. Mm -hmm. And this thing is not that far from the ground. It's literally at that little top of the cliff side, which wasn't that high up either. Mm -hmm. And literally it was like this slow hum you could hear. Mm -hmm. And I could hear it. And I remember, I'm right underneath it. It's huge. Oh, my God. This is so crazy. Oh, my God. What if it is a UFO? And I remember, like, I freaked out because I'm standing right below it. And I'm like, reason begins to set in. I'm like, what if this is what I think it is? I don't want to get taken. So I run back to my truck and I hop in and I bolt down the road. Now, I will tell you, that wasn't the scary part. The scary part is, and here's where we're going to get into a little bit more like, what's those podcasts that you like, those mystery podcasts? We're going to become a mystery podcast for just a little while, for just a minute. Mm -hmm. That wasn't what was scary. The scary part was I went home and I talked about it. Now, in reference to another Will Smith summer blockbuster, Men in Black. I would hear about this way later. At this time, I had no idea about the Men in Black. Nothing about it. However, so I go home. I'm talking to her about it. I'm almost in tears, freaking out about the whole 
freaking thing. It's the craziest things that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. I don't talk to people about it. Like, you, you know, you just yeah. sound nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But one night I'm driving home a couple of days later and there's this black sedan falling behind me from Gatesville and it is behind me from Gatesville. And then I notice I'm on the phone with her and I was like, anytime that I turn, it turned. And I'm talking on the nose, like, girl, let me tell you. And my apartment complex had, like, this series of turns. And I'm, like, whipping through the apartment complex trying to – and I'm on the phone. I said, like, can you come outside? There's a car chasing me. And I get smart. And I get right in front of my apartment. And I slam my brake. And I back into a place. And this is 2007, mind you. Way before the Google – Thing. The Google. The Google was the thing. And hear me out. You'll understand what I'm saying. I get out of the car and I run up to the window and it has these black tinted windows. And I'm, you know, former prison guard. I'm already hyped up as it is. I get in the window and I start yelling. I'm like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I get to the, and there's no one in the car. You just see all these electronics in the car, like computer systems. And the car just pulls out. And just drives off. Now, years later, my mom's married to this guy who follows all that stuff. He's like, that was one of those men in black cars. And I'm like, like the Will Smith movie? And no, he's really, I I wound up looking it up. And there's like a whole thing about people who witness UFOs being tagged by like government cars and officials and stuff. I did not know that at the time. So that's crazy. It is. Um, But so one of the shows I'm watching right now is called The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Okay. And so it's on it's on a big area of property where people have claimed to to see anomalies, UFOs, they think it's like an area for like portals and different dimensions, things like that. Right it's on. crazy. Okay. So the land was originally owned by the US government. Okay. And they were doing um, experiments on the land for unidentified objects. Right. Well, uh, the government decided that they stopped funding this project and it was sold to somebody else. Well, the person who it was sold to, he's heard all the stories. So now he's of course benefiting off of it. And he has this team out there, uh, whose job is to, um, kind of brush up on everything, find out what's going on research. Well, this season is the fourth season. And we find out that the main guy who's leading the research, I can't quite remember his name. Um, but he's been leading the research for the team since the first season. We find out that um, last last year when they were filming, he was working for the U.S. government. What? They had uh, brought him on. He was working at the Pentagon um, in the department for UFOs, like unidentified objects. Right. A whole department for it. He worked in a laboratory, and he was doing research on the property while they were filming. And he's wow. like, I wasn't allowed to tell you guys because I was right. I, I was actively working for them and, and doing investigations. So it's like a docu-series? Like, this is real. Yes. Okay. And he's like, now I'm no longer working, so I can kind of like let you know what's going on. Um, well, they see multiples, what they call UAPs. And, like, objects in the sky. Okay. They see multiple a lot. Every time they do something to, like, the land or... They shoot a, like a lot of rockets up in the sky to survey the land, and every time they do that, they end up seeing a UAP in the sky. So right. they're like, something, something is there. They get they get a lot of weird radio signals, and they're like, something's going on. Like we need we need to do something. 
well, after, I can't remember what they were doing. They ended up surveying a part of the the land. They shot a whole bunch of rockets in the sky trying right. to get uh, a response. Well, they saw, they didn't see the hurricane because it was pitch black. It was at nighttime. Um, they saw like what they thought was a UAP, but it sounded like a helicopter that was steadily flying by, hovering over the property. Wow. Hovered for a little while and then left. Uh, they had an expert like kind of listen to the sound and they discovered that it was a Black Hawk helicopter. Whoa. Which are U.S. military. Okay. And so they actually brought up like, was this like a men in black situation? Like, Oh, you see. So it does. Yeah. Like we just saw this UAP and all of a sudden they pop up. Mm. Not even like an hour or two later. And so that was brought up too. Well, I remember watching the news in regards to my situation. It was covered on the news that um, uh, they put the little picture of the UFO, mm-hmm. the little alien UFO in the news. There's been lots of reports uh, out here in uh, whatever county that place is. I don't remember the county that it's in. Uh, but not to worry. They're testing a new government jet or something like that. I'm like, there was not a jet. It was literally hovering over this area that was not a jet, nor was it a helicopter. It was, like, huge and, like, round, and it was creepy looking, and it did not look like anything I'd ever seen before. So, I don't know. If they were testing something, maybe so, but all I know is I saw something. That's insane. So, so going back to Independence Day, (laughs) it's July 2nd. Aliens, uh, Aliens arrive. Yeah. Okay, so what I saw was very real, Mm -hmm. and now they showed up. Yeah. At this house. And now we're looking out the window and you see all these saucers everywhere. Mm-hmm. And this is happening all over the world. Yeah. You check the Facebook. The Facebook. The Facebook. And the Facebook tells you this is happening all over the place. You got live feeds going on. Mm-hmm. What do you think happens in the world, in your opinion? We're screwed. But what happens to people? Do you think that people are going to panic? Do you oh, think yeah. people are going to embrace it? Because you remember in mass, the movie. Mass panic, I feel like, would ensue. Good. In the movie, you saw like people panicking, trying to get out of the city. Well, you all, had the hippies. Then you had the like, hippies. Welcome to space. Like, welcome, <laughs> welcome to, to Earth. Earth. <laughs> and then they all died. Which one would you be? Would you be the hippie, or would no. you be like running for your life? Fuck you guys! I'm getting out of here. Sorry. <laughs> We're allowed one people. Uh, still PG thirteen. Um, but no, it's true though. I just realized that every f bomb ever dropped on the show has been from you. <laughs> Like every single time, and I cuss so much more than you do, and I noticed that every single time that the F-bombs are dropping on the show, it's been from you. It was on Twilight when I said, you're knocking on 30's door, you went, off, yeah, it just out of nowhere. So I got you to say it twice, rock on, we're going to keep track. Happy year in, I made her say F twice. So it's great. Oh yeah, I'd be gone. Panic would ensue. Uh, yeah, no. Well, you have like a whole game plan. You have like a whole apocalypse game plan, but this time that wouldn't work. Oh, yeah. I have an apocalypse game plan. That's for like end of the world zombie stuff going on or just straight end of the world. Right. Aliens come, all bets are off. You're, you're just going to hightail it. You're going to yeah. follow more what I would do. I'm going to hightail it out into the middle of nowhere because they were attacking the big towns. Right, which I do agree with. You and I are on the exact same page on that one. Because her and I have completely different zombie plans. These are conversations we really have, people. Um, but literally, I I feel that something like that happens, you got to go. Like, it's just time on. Do you feel, okay, now we take it to July 3rd. They attack. Everything's destroyed. Uh-huh. Civilization as we know it has been depleted. Population dwindled down. Mm-hmm. 
to bare nothing. Yeah. Only a few survivors mm-hmm. left around the world. What happens then, in your opinion? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'd be in the group of people that, you know, can't really do anything. I don't know how to fly a jet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, that's setting it back to the Independence Day universe, where the pilots were the most valuable resource at that point in time. But I also believe that, because uh, uh, I'm writing a, a novel, I have an upcoming novel, that's inspired by a lot about Independence Day. Because the one thing about Independence Day that always irked me was, and I remember watching the trailer, and they showed these like gangbangers playing basketball, and they drop the ball and they just look up at the sky. And I wanted to see more of them in the movie. Like, I wanted to see some people busting calves <laughs> from, you know. I, as, mean, I, I think it, now, so the aliens and like the Independence Day universe, they didn't really make it to the ground. Like, they didn't walk around with their KY jelly covered asses. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to play that out. Can you please repeat that for our audience there? What now? In the movie Independence Day, the aliens were like all like gooey, right? Uh-huh. It was KY jelly. Right. Yeah. And this is where research hurts you. <laughs> So, um, okay, so the aliens and the KY jelly asses are walking down the road. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, if, like, if that happens, like, in President, not in the Independence Day universe, because they didn't make it to the ground, they were in their little spaceships. Right. Now, if they made it and they were walking around, especially in Texas, mm. they wouldn't make it very far. They would in Florida, though. Florida, Floridians are crazy. But they got, but they're about. covered in KY. Like it's going to be a party at that beach. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> we have gotten way off course, people. I have problem. It, it is way too late to be doing this podcast. <clears throat> but that leadership shown by the president, literally, I, I I see us taking a lot more of a like a. I don't know another word to say it, but I see us taking more of an independent route. I see us bonding. We like survivors because we're going to be going against a threat that's bigger than us. Yeah. And I do agree with the president said that we will be setting aside our petty differences. I do believe that. Mm-hmm. I think that really would happen. I don't see anyone really leading it. I see groups of leaders popping up from everywhere. I don't foresee a, a centralized President of the United States coordinated the whole thing over a walkie-talkie. Um, I see us kind of like figuring out our own and having to reset and get a battle strategy. I will say that we will not go down without a fight. Like, oh, 100%. We, we, we will definitely fight back with everything we got left. Yeah. So, um, Well, with our multiple, probably over 30 minutes of off-course Topic. Totally worth it, though, people. This has been a great episode. One of my favorites. Totally worth it. Independence Day overall was a great film. I would watch it again. Oh, no. I didn't realize how much I had loved the film. I hadn't seen it in so long. Right. I completely forgot Will Smith was even in the film. Did it you? Totally popped up, and I was like, "Oh, hey, that's Will Smith." <laughs> uh, so it was a great movie. Oh, I love it. it. It's 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 definitely one of my all time favorite summer blockbusters. I I give it a, a five out of five. Five out of five. Jelly. Aliens. Oh, yeah. Five, five out of five <laughs> KYs right here for me. You got to love the KY. 
So, on a scale from one to five. <laughs> okay, we're going to wrap this up, people, before this conversation gets out of hand. So, with that being said, <laughs> I'm going to let her calm down, people. Okay. So, with that being said, as always, I'm woke. And I'm sleepy. And we will see you next time on the, the Woke But Sleepy, sleepy Podcast. Podcast.